Behind the Vinyl, today we're joined by Mr. Billy Sheehan. Yes, sir. Hello. Bass maestro. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, Eat Him a Smile. Eat Him a Smile. The, uh, our, second, uh, our second Behind the Vinyl for Eat Him a Smile, we did one ourselves. We're such big fans of the record. We think yep. it's a, a game changer. Cool. And uh, so we're glad to redo it, um, redo it with you. Wonderful. And get, get the inside me. and... and uh, some of the secrets behind the record. <laughs> okay, the inside story. <laughs> but going back, I mean, as, as I understand it, it 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 really started with um, David calling you to be in that movie that was going to exactly. be going crazy. Yeah, that was a cover story, so no one would know what was really going on. Right. Because when I got to L.A., uh, the first thing I did was call Ed Van Halen and invite him out to our show. Right. <laughs> and he said, nah, I'm, I'm kind of busy. And I go, yeah, I'm going to have a meeting with Dave tomorrow about his movie. And he goes, what? <laughs> his what? And I go, I think he's doing a movie. And he asked me, you're kidding me. And he was kind of freaked out. So uh, he said, call me tomorrow as soon as you get back from the meeting. And so I went out to Dave's house. And Dave said, well, there, yeah, there's a movie. But actually, uh, nobody knows us, but I just quit Van Halen. And I want to start a new band. And I want you to play bass, and we'll find a guitar player and find a drummer. And I said, <laughs> I always said I would never leave my old band, Talis, right. unless it was for Van Halen. Right. <laughs> so David Learoth, close enough. <laughs> I was gone. <laughs> and uh, so I never called that back because I knew if I did, uh, <laughs> Dave would be mad, and I probably wouldn't so, unfortunately. And I love that. I love all the Van Halen guys. And I felt bad. I got caught in the middle there for a minute. But that's okay. It was a great opportunity. And so we... Went looking for a guitar player and drummer. But you had been asked to join Van Halen before, or roughly, yes. right? Yeah. 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 Ed, Ed asked me. Uh, Dave backed it up uh, one time, maybe two times. And then again, after this whole situation, in more recent times, I went up to Ed's house to uh, jam mm -hmm. when they had no lead singer and Dave wasn't back in the band yet. Right. So, uh, Various things, but I, I love those guys, and uh, e even that they even know who I am is a great honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that I didn't get to play with them uh, uh, is uh, still the fact that it was ever even mentioned is is fantastic. Yeah, that's one of the you hear those stories about Led Zeppelin too, how they got people in to come and sing. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Well, I'm not the only bass player. I don't think. I think they also spoke years ago with Jeff Berlin and with Tim Bogart. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So at some point they were looking at that. But Talis opened up for them in 1980. And I think, I think, and because I was such a huge fan, I was kind of more in line with what the Van Halen vibe was. Yeah. You know, as far as the, the way their lives are. are, are <laughs> not, that, not that much intoxicants for me personally, thanks. <laughs> but nevertheless, we, uh, but I love those guys. And uh, uh, it's, 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 it's all good. Did, did you spend a lot of time with them when you were supporting them? When you were in Talis, did you? Bit here yeah. and there, uh, they were kind enough to not throw us out. A lot of the open acts got to leave the building when they're done, right? right. Yeah. yeah, because they don't want anybody right you know, around. <laughs> yeah, because it's their privacy. Yeah, and you never know. Somebody gets in there and starts a rumor, or says something, you know, and there's it's, it's a reason for it. It's not snootiness or ego. Yeah, but they were very kind to us. They let us do a bunch of encores, and for an opening act, that that's that was pretty rare. Yeah, and uh, really cool. They were great with us, and uh, we we really appreciated it. Great, great. Well, let me tell you something. 
So um, so David calls you himself. Yeah. David called you himself. I should have no, come. No, his, his his people call my people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, so you see him when you're over there playing with Talos in uh, Whiskey Go Go, right? You're playing at Whiskey. No, he played out of the Country Club. Played the Country Club. Okay. And uh, so the day before, I went out to his house, and all this went down. Yep. Now I was with my. No, I'm sorry. This was not the Country Club. It was with at the Palladium opening for Engve. Of course, right. yeah. Yes. Sorry, I had that mixed yeah. up. Which is right on Sunset Boulevard, right? Exactly. Yeah, cross the road from Amoeba, I think. Uh, yeah, down the street, yeah. a little bit uh, east, across the street. Uh, so uh, now, of course, Dave's swore me to secrecy. So here I am with my band doing sound check, and in my mind, I'm going, well, I just quit, and after this tour, I'm going to fly out to L.A. <laughs> so sure enough, Dave comes to the show that night. Oh. So a couple rumors started floating around already, but nobody knew for sure. But he was great at keeping the whole thing a secret. So uh, I got done with that tour. He flew me out, and we got to work. Excellent. And you got to work just you and Dave at that stage. Yeah, we worked on a couple things. He had some ideas from a couple other songwriters. And then uh, Steve Stevens was the original right, choice yes. for guitar. Mm-hmm. And I know Steve and love him, and he's awesome. Uh, he, I think he was a little bit more uh, in, deeper in the Billy Idol situation, so he didn't want to leave that, which was wise, I think, because he's great in that band. So I told Dave, I know another Steve. <laughs> and I just ran into Steve uh, out at a club, out at the Rainbow, and said to him, uh, you know, there's, a, there's something going on I, you might be interested in. because I think I know what you're talking about. We, we both kept it a secret. So sure enough, we had him down. And uh, Steve I was just perfect because he had the Zappa sense of humor. Yeah. And, and he was just a spectacular player. And so that worked out great. And then Dave sent me and Steve out into the wilds to find a drummer. And we found Greg Bissonette, and he was the perfect guy. And we, there we were. We were off and running. But what, what was your con- sorry to interrupt? What, no, what was your connection to to Steve Vai? Where, how well, did Steve you know and him I beforehand? I were on the same label uh, as Talos was. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, Relativity Records in uh, in uh, New York City. They they distributed his stuff too. Yep. So uh, actually, when his first little uh, solo single came out, the Attitude Song, the record company got us t- together, and maybe we were going to play together or record together, or do something mm-hmm. together anyway. They thought it would be kind of a cool idea to hook us up. So, and I thought it would have been too, but fortunately, we, it happened with it, with Dave, which is a much much bigger situation. Relativity wasn't that Paul Bebo? Do you know a name, Paul Bebo? No, no, okay. No, I was wondering about that 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 whole movie because that script leaked like last year, I think. So uh, I just printed it out and, and went through the script. It's a pretty funny script. Yeah, I have Wh- the original copy. Yeah, but did you gave. like read through it back then and and, and get yeah. the story of it or? Well, uh, we were all the clothes you saw us wear on the Edom and Smile thing and in the video. That was all mo- clothes for the movie. Right, right. Because we were in the in Dave's office at one point, and the movie business is. Even more cutthroat than the record. If you yeah. can believe it, it's yeah. even more. So something happened with somebody at the at the movie company. I think it was Columbia Pictures or yes. something. And there was a little bit of a battle, and they decided that they weren't going to fund the movie. And uh, we were in the middle of all the songs, basically, were for the movie. Right. Going crazy from the heat. Right. part of the movie. So, uh, and I remember I said to Dave, you know what? So what? We got great songs. Let's go out on tour and, you know, and. I don't know if he listened to me or <laughs> had, had shut me out or whatever, but I, that was my point of view. Let's go out and do it. So sure enough, we did. Uh, not under necessarily my suggestion. He was probably his plan all along anyway. But uh, So that was cool. So we utilized what we had from the movie and, and uh, as far as costumes and 
uh, enthusiasm. But we were all really into it and having a blast. We weren't even thinking too much about the movie. I mean, Dave, every, he was working his ass off every day. Right, now, yeah. Working on stuff and casting people and all kinds of things. So when it came to a haul, it was kind of a drag because he put a lot into it. But then we were, uh, as a band, myself, Greg, Steve, and Dave, we would hang out in the basement of his house before, during, and after rehearsing and writing songs. And we had the greatest time ever. I remember you told me, because I interviewed you at Sweden Rock Festival, you told me that you drank Leftovers Us Festival beer. Skunk yeah. Us Festival beer. <laughs> what skunk? That means when, it, when it's been around too long, it starts yeah. to smell bad. <laughs> and we would drink the skunk beer and tell stories. And Steve had his Frank Zappa stories. And Dave had an encyclopedia of... <laughs> Of brilliant, <laughs> hilarious stories. Greg, too, and my stories. And we had a riot. And it was really just an incredible uh, group, uh, friendly, camaraderie, you know, like a, a real band. It was right. fantastic. Really great stuff. And you heard the stories about Dave being upstairs and hearing you guys jamming downstairs. True. And then yeah. running down and saying, hey. <laughs> that sounds like a verse. Like, <laughs> now give me a chorus. You're up, so, yeah, that's a good chorus. Now give me a. And he literally would do that. And, he, you know, he w we would come up with riffs and lines, but they weren't songs. I and mean, when Dave would put them together, you know, he'd say, okay, this is good, that's cool, let's use that. And then he'd figure out the vocal lines, the lyric lines to it. So he right. was instrumental in uh, making the record happen and instrumental in the writing. But what was he, when you were, like, writing songs, was he then, like, was he playing guitar or anything like that? No, he would just listen and hang out right. and, uh, you know, and see what... what he was kind of producing, yeah. in a way, yeah. pre-producing the record because he uh, would choose what he felt was good. You know, that, that's kind of cool. Make it make it a little more ZZ Top, like a little, like a boogie groove. Okay, cool. And, but speed it up. Okay, and we would do it. And he had great suggestions. Uh, even on the tour, some of Dave's suggestions were legendary. We when we started, uh, Steve would do his guitar solo, pretty cool, great. I do my little bass thingy, okay, great, and. Uh, but Dave said, you know, it's not working. It's not really, it's not entertaining enough. You should guys to do like a battle where, you know, Steve starts playing, you run over, stop him. He pushes you aside, you play, you know, back and forth. And we did, and people loved it. And it turned something that would be, you know, kind of self-indulgent noodling <laughs> into an entertaining yeah. part of the show, yeah. which we had a riot. And we saw a lot of bands copy what we did, too. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, that was Dave's idea, you know, make it make it like a, a battle and a like a tractor pull, you know, at a at a county fair, you know, and so he always had brilliant ideas on things. Cool, but that's another thing with, with the album that the bass is really like it's really up front. Cool on on the album, and and, and there's a couple like you're doing a couple of solo things in like uh, what is the elephant gun, yeah. and stuff like that. That is really cool. Yeah, it was, uh, and not my doing so much. I was just there to. I mean, I'm being hired to be the bass player. It's not my band. It's Dave's band. Right, so I right. wanted to do what I could to please him. And Ted Templeman was the producer, so yeah. it was up to him and Dave. And I was very thankful. They left my stuff in, and they left my bass tone on there, and they were cool with that, cool with Steve. And it was a real open, creative thing. Quite wonderful. How was it to work with Ted Templeman, obviously being a Van Hyland fan and him doing the Van Hyland stuff? Well, oddly, Ted, along with all the employees of Van Halen, except for a couple roadies left with Dave. Right. And I don't know what that says, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I do think there was some, some loyalty to Dave. Yeah. Right, okay. And I think uh, Ted uh, might have felt that as well. And, uh, and I don't know the inner workings of the Van Halen situation. And, again, I love those guys. I would not say anything bad about anybody in the band. I don't want to ever. Uh, but uh, 
who knows what, what went on. So Ted came along with us and uh, the secretaries and the uh, accountants and uh, a lot oh. of the crew guys did too. Right. And uh, so we had kind of the whole gang already assembled before we stepped on stage. Going in, um, can you remember the first songs? First songs you no, did? No, I don't remember the. But I do know we did it at Fantasy Studios initial recording, yep. w- which Mr. Big later recorded in, uh, in uh, our first our, our, our first four records I think, uh, we did there. We had the same uh, second engineer too, a guy named Tom Size. Right. Uh, did did the Roth sessions also, and we, uh, but we were in there as a band. You know, playing together. Drums were set up, bass amp was set up, guitar, and we would go through do, and do actual takes of the song, like a real band really playing. Yeah. Which is why I think the record had life and soul and the spark and, you know, a, a depth to it. Then we also recorded at the record plant in New York City, I believe the record plant. Same thing, we, we recorded all together at the same time. And uh, we may have done a, another studio here and there, but uh, I think those are the two main ones. So that was uh, the cool thing about it is we played as a band, and, it, and I think it really reflected on the record. Yeah, the record still to, to this day sounds amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah there's yeah. a vibe to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there really is a vibe to it. How, how does it feel now? It's been, what, 33 years? Yeah. 33 yeah. years. How do you feel now about, about that record? You know, 33 is on. I love that record. I yeah. still love that record because it brings back, when you record a record and you listen back to it, you're kind of be put in the same circumstance you were at the time. And at the time... The world was, you know, exploding. It was yeah. so great. You know, I came in a little podunk, Buffalo, New York, and a little band that couldn't get signed, and bang, there I am. You know, our, my first night to L.A., when Dave flew me in, I left my uh, Ford Pinto, which is a little little economy car. Right. And you, you know, sometimes you have a fake tire in the car in case you get a flat tire. Yeah. yeah. And you're only supposed to drive it to the service <laughs> exactly, station. Exactly, yeah. I drove on that fake tire for two years because I was so broke. <laughs> So I left it behind, got off the plane, uh, met with some of Dave's guys. They took me, got me settled in an apartment, and we all, we went out on the town, Sunset Boulevard, and uh, uh, in L.A. Me, Dave, and his gang, and we started hanging out. And uh, that night there was paparazzi hanging out, taking photos. Now, they didn't know who the hell I was, but but I was standing next to them. <laughs> and so I went from Pinto to paparazzi in less than 24 hours. I so. love it. Because Van Halen were the biggest band in the world back then. Yeah, they were the they biggest were. band in the world right then, and Dave was the biggest rock star in the world. Yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing. But also, I mean, you brought Shy Boy, too. Yeah. Thanks again to Dave. He liked the song, wanted to include it. I said, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> he did a great change in the middle, changed the key of the solo to give it a different kind of a lift, which I thought was very good. Because uh, generally, for me, a song needs a, at least three parts, and Shy Boy was still kind of only a two-part song. Right, right, yeah. I think if I would have had time and resources, I would have wrote and written more into it a, at the time. But Dave had a great idea. Let's change the key of the solo and then bring it back, right. which re- breathed a lot of life into it. But was that a song that you'd had for a long time? or, or yeah, I recorded it with Talos. You recorded it with Talos? Oh, of course you did, yes. Well, didn't yes, you record yes. it three times, right? Uh, three times, that song? Yeah, like, you, you did it with Talos. Yeah. And David Lee Roth. You did it with David Lee Roth. 
Did you do? Did you do I, maybe a live version somewhere? Uh, there's, there's, there's probably a thousand. <laughs> like, yeah, but like I an did official. I did it with Mr. Big. I did it with Yeah, did you do it on, a, on an official yeah. Mr. Big yeah. live version or something? Yeah, like we that? did it. Yeah. We did it there. Well, right. you know, it was kind of a way because Mr. Big was kind of an unknown band. So, well, here's a song you might have heard before. <laughs> yeah, that kind, of, kind of thing, you know. And it was helpful in that respect, but. We, so I played Shy Boy a lot, and I like the song, but it, it'd be nice to give it a rest for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's what's the favorite songs for you guys to play? You know, when you when you played this, can you remember? Uh, Obviously, the hits with, were, were. We opened with Shy Boy, which yeah. was amazing. Right, we yeah. played in Buffalo, New York. The play, everybody's jaw dropped to the ground. That <laughs> there was the song that he played in the clubs, and now yeah. here he is, and pretty awesome, pretty awesome. But uh, the whole record, and we did a bunch of uh, Van Halen songs too. Right. So, uh, but uh, Ladies' Night in Buffalo had a cool groove to it, and a lot of people liked that live. Going Crazy Live was a blast. Uh, Yankee Rose was totally cool. Yeah. And, uh, and we did variations on the Van Halen thing. We did a breakdown in the middle and spread out and stuff like that. And it was, jo- it was such a, a joy to play that Van Halen stuff. I remember her first rehearsal, and we're in this little uh, Perkins Palace in, in uh, Pasadena, and... Uh, you know, we're just on stage going through the songs, and uh, we're doing uh, I'm on Fire by Van Halen. And I'm taking a high part. I'm on fire. I'm taking the super high note. And Dave's coming over to me, standing over next to us, singing in the mic, harmonizing. Playing, and I realize it suddenly hit me. I'm in a band with David Lee Roth. <laughs> I mean, it didn't really, you know, sit home until all of a sudden I'm on stage at the mic playing my bass, and, we're in yours, and there he is right there, right up. We're both kind of singing into the same mic, and they go, holy cow. This might work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thing with, with the song on fire because I remember think uh, I remember talking to think it was uh, the photographer for the first Van Halen album or it was Noel Monk their manager yeah I know Noel uh, who said that because they used to open their shows with on fire but on that first album it's the last song on the album he always oh, wondered about that how come how, how not th- yeah, kick you off know, with that one sequencing is a kind of an art in itself yeah. sometimes you don't want to give away the best stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you want to do your best up front so you catch everybody. It's kind of a, there's a, it's the same way as editing a movie in many right, ways. Yeah. What scenes go where. Kind of a situation like that. But also there was that Kim Mitchell song. Yeah. Uh, I had brought w- was that fully recorded? Uh, I think the music was recorded. I don't think oh, Dave okay. ever did vocals right. for it. Uh, Kids in Action yeah. it was called. Yeah. And I loved Kim and I loved his songs and I just thought you know, this, is a, this is a great piece and I think it would do really well. Dave liked that. It was another song I brought in that I suggested from uh, uh, Rory Gallagher. Right. Secret Agent. Yes. Great song. Yeah, yeah. A boogie fast. And I know Dave liked those fast boogies. Yeah. He loved it. We never got to that either. Uh, so that was cool. Nice. But also, I'm, I'm wondering, a song like I'm Easy. Yeah. Do you think that is the kind of style of music that is like... Dave's absolute favorite, down deep. That that kind of 
I know, because he's really into that kind of those songs. Yeah, but he was That's an elephant gun too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, Dave is smart enough to know that you can't just put an album of screaming uh, up right, yeah, boogie. Yeah, you need to move around, and like editing a movie, you got to have a love scene and a yeah. car chase, and a you know the cops break down the door and. A, a flashback to when he was a kid, uh, you know, all that stuff you need in a movie. So yeah. similarly, that's kind of cinematic that they would do that in, in, in that uh, on the Eat Him a Smile record. Yeah. So also the song, and I just realized, not realized, but I thought of it today listening to the album, the song Big Trouble. Yeah. When he's singing, it's it kind of has like a like a rap flow or like a, a, a hip-hop flow. A, a little, little that bit. Like, like he's talking over the music yeah. in a way. Yeah, very which much. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, he kind of... Uh, and I know Dave, uh, that's why we went out of the Skyscraper record. He, he knew that the dance thing was coming in strong. Right. And that rock was going to get, you know, a black eye. You know, rock was going to get pushed aside a little bit. Not completely, but pushed aside. So it was very smart of him to try to embrace that. But, unfortunately, when you straddle the fence, the rock guys hate you because you're <laughs> dance, and the dance guys hate you because you were rock ones. Yeah, yeah. So if it would have worked, it would have mo- been the most brilliant thing in the world. And yeah. would be the king of, of and we would all be his subjects. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not. But right. I, I give him credit for t- having the courage to, to take a chance. Yeah. For an artist to, to, to take a chance when the sure thing is going to guarantee you sold-out arenas and, and lots of money. But you say, you know what, let's, let's, try, a, let's try something. So i got to give him credit for, for having the, the guts to try something different. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I quite enjoyed Skyscraper. I thought it was a great record. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was not my favorite. Yeah. No. I didn't even listen to it for about three years. Oh, wow. you didn't? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And no offense. I know a lot of people, that's my favorite record in the world. And I got to, oh, good for you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, when, when when did you leave? You left on that tour. Right obviously. after that record. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the record was done, I was out. Okay. And, uh, and during the recording, it was just not the same. And right, that's yeah. why, why I emphasize on the Eat Him and Smile, we're together as a band. Skyscraper, you know, one, they'd lay down the drums without anyone else there. And then I'd come in and put bass down right. by myself. Yep. And then a week would go by, and then I'd get another call, and I'd go in and put bass on something else. And right. Yeah. Then he wanted to hire studio singers to come in and sing all the background vocals. And I thought, man, I've been singing since that first <laughs> day I walked up on stage. <laughs> yeah. And so I got... So, so I said, you know what? And I found a vocal coach in L.A. And I just started, you know what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing even better. I'm gonna find a vocal coach. And sure enough, this woman is a great coach, and really, I, my range increased, my accuracy increased. So thankfully, he changed his mind and brought us in to sing the background vocals. In oh, the end, right, yeah. all right. Which I was glad. At least we got to sing on the record. But it was, yeah. it, but it wasn't really that uh, group effort. It was an individual effort, and the mood was was darker oh it right. wasn't a fun friendly there was no partying hanging right kind of thing going on huh. right. and i felt bad i do think it was the influence of some people around dave right in okay. my right. humble opinion right but uh because i know dave pretty well and i and i, I love the guy you know and i think he's a he's, he's a good man yeah. so i do think a lot of people talked him down that dark road yeah because right. yeah. Yeah. i mean the the, the eat him is my tour was a huge success a yeah it was a blast you know well, you know, a couple times there were a couple words about a few things here and there, as there is with anybody in any band, but comparatively, almost none. Right. Almost none. You know, it was a, it was a fun, fun thing. I always wonder, because you had a – the stage was just enormous. <laughs> uh, do you know, because the stage kind of – there's a similarity with the 1984 stage that Van Halen used. Yeah. 
do you know if he took anything of that? Well, he's the same guys. Yeah. I always wonder about that because it was kind of the same with the with the amps and the different levels yeah. and and all that. Kind of looked the same. Yeah, and the guys that designed that stage kind of uh, created that look to some degree. Right. So yeah. they just continued it on. Right. And I remember I saw the uh, there was a Bon Jovi video that came out right around the same time. And as soon as it came on the TV, I thought, Oh, great! Here's here's Adam and Smile. Here's a, hey, wait a minute. And then it was a direct copy, not only of the video, <laughs> but also of the way the stage looked. And, yeah. Uh, you know. So you, but you can't patent something like that. Yeah, everybody's entitled to use it if they want to use it. I, as a bass player, I take from all kinds of musicians. I, I try to give them credit, though. Try to tell you know, this is Stanley Clark lick that I, you know, kind of tried to tried to learn. And, you know, so I, you know, I would only hope that somebody would occasionally say, yeah, we were inspired by so and so. But uh, that's you don't have to. There's no law that says you do. So good for them. Yeah. And how did you feel about playing the the with that flair and with that showmanship? Obviously, uh, a little bit different from Talos coming well, in. Talos was a pretty wild man. I mean, right. we flew all over the place, uh-huh. but we had a very tiny stage. Yeah. So you yeah. could only <laughs> run so far. Right. <laughs> you run for five feet, you had to turn around and come back. But on the days, you could run for 50 feet and yeah. still keep going. Yeah. So it was great getting the shackles of that uh, confinement off where you could just get this big, giant, wide open stage and monitors all over, and you're completely free. So Steve and I, we went crazy. We had a blast with it. Love it. So it was fun. <laughs> so, do we touch on it now? The big gray elephant that the uh, the reunion show right, that, yeah. that nearly happened a couple of years ago. In yeah, uh, that was uh, I was so pleasantly surprised that yeah. Dave wanted to do it, and uh, unfortunately, it leaked out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, too, and the club blew it. They just let too many people in. Yeah, yeah. The club legally holds about four fifty. Sometimes they let them put five hundred or six hundred in there. Yeah. And there was about twelve hundred people in there. Oh right. really? Oh, yeah. If a, if an accident or a fire would have happened, somebody would have died and yeah. it would have been awful. So yeah. Yeah. as much as I was bombed and pissed, the fire department came roaring in with helmets and everything, all their gear and said, Everybody out. We tried to say, Well can we pay the fine? Nope, <laughs> everybody out. And uh so uh we thought, well maybe if we play a couple notes the people start and the firemen looked at us one more note, and you're going to jail. <laughs> right. Wow. It was a serious situation in wow. a club like that. Yeah. And, uh, but the great thing about it was Dave stayed, and me, Steve, Greg, and our keyboard player, Brett, stayed. And we all went in the back room and hung out for about an hour or two, talking and hanging again like the old days. That was worth, the, worth it to me. Right, yeah. So that right there. There's a, a, the photo that's posted is of us together is us backstage. Oh, nice. So, unfortunately, it didn't happen. And then uh, I think a year or so later at the NAMM show, uh, we were going to do it again. Uh, unfortunately, Dave was out of town, so we got Jeff Scott Soto to send. Right, yes. He does a great David yeah. Roth. He's yeah. a huge, huge Van Halen Dave fan. Yeah. So we did it like that, and that was cool. that's where we had that young lady you mentioned. Before. Oh, Durga, yeah. Yeah, Dur- she yeah. came up and, yeah, yeah. and did, the, did the, the monologue from the right, 7-11 yeah, yeah. video, yeah. and then we played. It was, it was quite wonderful. But, but how, how close were you? I, I think we, we literally heard. We were on stage heard. ready to go. Right, yeah. There's a yeah. curtain in front of us. Okay. Dave, Mike, and Han, also me and Steve, Steve and Greg. And out of the side, at that is an unusual stage. There's kind of an opening. I can see the people coming in from the front door, and I saw flashlights and, and <laughs> fire helmets coming in. I thought, yeah. that can't be good. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Mm. And that was the end of it. Because it, was it wasn't a John 5 was playing earlier in the day or early in the night, right? Is that yeah, correct? it might have. I don't yeah. know. Right, don't yeah. know it might have. <laughs> Oh! 
another thing. Because I, I interviewed John Five this uh, this past summer, and he, he's he's got a record with Dave that isn't released yet. Yeah. They recorded a full album, apparently. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm on that record or not, because oh. I did come and record something with John. It may have been for his solo record or something. Okay. So I don't know. I don't want to start any stupid rumors, no. <laughs> but, 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 I, I, but I did at the s- briefly uh, right, have some interaction right. with John Five. Not with Dave necessarily. Right, right. Or anything like that, but. No, but what John said is, uh, and he's told this story many times, that he, reco- he came in, recorded all the guitars for that album, and, and then he was, because he was heading out on tour with Rob Zombie, I think, and he said he was, he was really pressed for time. And then Dave said, uh, okay, great, great, I'm just going to, we're just going to add, we're just going to lay down the drums for it. And uh, and I think the engineer said, but there's no click track, uh, or something. And 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 <laughs> Dave didn't get that. And then John had to, in just a couple of hours, re-record all his guitar parts wow. again with the click or whatever it yes. was. But how did that work back then? I mean, and I don't know about click track. Was that something you used in the 80s? No, I, I wasn't involved in that record. Right. I, ju- I just know that I did. I was that with John Five in a studio for one thing. I don't right, know yeah. what it was. It may have been around that time. Yeah. And I w- I later on when I heard about it, I thought maybe that was a song that Dave was using. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. No, but it's not with, it with click tracks. Because that, that, that well, the you feeling need to I have everything on time to start yeah. with. Because you can't just add drums to a pre-recorded guitar because the guitar follows the drums. Right. So if you, you can't have the drums follow the guitar. Right. I've, tried to, I've done records where people tried to do that. It never works. Okay. Yeah, you can't do it. So I got the feeling that that, that was the whole thing with... with Day that John Fire said that he he wanted to do it do it old school and stuff and then I just wonder but old school is drums first it's always drums right first. yeah as I sound check it's drums first right Before yeah, you yeah. Do the drums first yeah. build everything on top because that's your rhythmic yeah uh, pattern yeah that yeah. everything goes on top yeah. of. you can't do guitars first right yeah uh, maybe somebody can but I maybe some grandmaster <laughs> genius can <laughs> but it's still gonna be tough and it's not gonna be very it just it just doesn't work that way right mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And how did you feel playing with Greg Bissnett? Greg is so awesome. Yep. What a great drummer. Still one of my dearest friends in the world. One of my favorite people on earth. <laughs> right. Just a great, great. And we knew Greg was the guy. We did rehearsals for or, uh, auditions for drummers. Yep. So about 40 or 50 guys show up. And guys would come in and we, you know, they'd play a little bit. And, eh, pretty good, you know, the next one. The moment Greg walked in the room, we knew he was the guy. Right, I can Before hear. he even sat down. And it's a weird kind of ESP thing that happens when you're choosing musicians. Sometimes you know right away, this is the guy. This is him. I know this is going to work. He walked in, was a ball of enthusiasm and positive and funny and laughing and hilarious. And we knew because sometimes the hang is almost more important than your ability yeah. to play. Yeah. On top of it, he was an amazing drummer. And he sang and it was just great. And uh, so it worked out perfectly. Greg is just – and he was such a huge Beatles fan. Right. He's just so into the Beatles, so much into the Beatles. And look what happened. Lo and behold, he ends up, he's drumming for Ringo. Ringo stuff, <laughs> yeah. So watch what you wish for, because you might just get it. Well, it's funny. Watch what you wish for. Um, last night, you were in Stockholm doing a clinic, and you told a great story about when you were a kid, you used to look through a, um, a catalog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's quite an amazing story. So True story. Yeah, so you wished to, to either be a, a, you and your best friend, either be a professional fisherman yeah, well, or a we, professional. we both wanted to be either in a band or be a <laughs> or fish <laughs> or be a fishing person somehow. And uh, in the end, uh, I got in the band, and sure enough, he he uh, he ended up being a person who fished for a living, and he demonstrated uh, sporting goods and fishing gear, and he was also a, a trick shot. You could sh- throw a little like a bottle cap into the air, and he would shoot it out of the oh. air. Oh, oh, really? Oh, cool. Trick shot. So it was that became his life. 
So he got what he wanted. I got what I wanted. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Love it. Love it. Um, I got a couple of questions. Edom and Small done? I got a couple it's of. Just one more question yep. about Edom sure. and Small. Because uh, I, 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 I um, sent a message to, to uh, Durga McRoom, who, who, um, who had done. She did background vocals for Pink Floyd and so on. She said that around the time for Edom and Smile, I think it was, that it was a listening session. And she got the job walking around in really high heels with two little people on leash handing out uh, flyers or something. Do you Never know anything about that? There may have been a listening party. <laughs> yeah. Dave didn't invite me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave would do a cool thing once in a while. He'd, uh, he'd have a cassette of uh, one of the songs. And to be in his office, we had an office right on Sunset Boulevard. And, um, like, the cleaning crew would come in. And usually, you know, Mexican guys, you know, do, doing uh, labor, you know, uh, doing their thing. And Dave would say, you know, and he spoke a little rudimentary Spanish. Right. He'd start to talk with him. I said, well, could you listen to a song? I don't know what you think. And he'd kind of test market it on <laughs> people who work for a living. Right. You know, who, who are real people. Not, right. not, not, not studio executives or record company people. And I thought that was brilliant. And he, you know, they'd, oh, Dave, we love it. It's great, you know, and they, they, would, they would dig it completely. And that was, a, that was his test marketing. I thought that was charming and brilliant. Love it. Actually, speaking of Spanish, you also recorded their al the album yeah. in Spanish. And yeah. that was your idea, right? It was my idea. Yeah. Later on, it, that the fact that it was my idea got taken from me by some <laughs> of the people around Dave that I mentioned before. Yeah. Of course, it was their idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I remember coming home from New York City on the plane and reading that in uh, Latin countries, uh, Something like eighty percent of the population is below the age of twenty-five. Right. So we gotta, we gotta get in on this. And I knew Dave spoke Spanish. I go, yeah. why don't we do the record in Spanish? It'd be so cool. And so we went, and Dave and I actually went, and we just sang over the same tracks again. Yep. And he took me in uh, to do the harmonies. It's just me and Dave singing on that. And we sang in a studio that Missing Persons was in during the day. And then we would go into the night. And I was singing at Dale Bozio's mic the female singer yep. and had her lipstick and perfume and makeup all over <laughs> it and it smelled divine because <laughs> she was a hot babe and, uh, so we uh we ended up doing it i had to do it phonetically because i don't know spanish so he just tell me how to pronounce whatever and then he'd do it he had to adjust some of the lyrics too because uh he was concerned that especially in mexico it's a, more of a catholic country and it's a little right. bit more conservative concerned, right so you don't want to be have a lewd lyrics on there right next thing you know it'll get a little sticker on it that says don't buy it you know? yeah so he, he tamed some of it down a little bit but every time i go into uh, south america and into mexico people got that record and they're all excited and freaked out about it that's so great. that was so fun as well because the, the spanish title doesn't mean eat him a smile it's no, something so else yeah I, 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 I don't know what it is i can't something. remember <laughs> but no. it doesn't mean that and shy, shy boy was timido for timid right timido timido hasta luivido i don't know what that means vuelto <laughs> <laughs> loco el calor I'm going crazy from the heat <laughs> yeah you know so pretty wild oh great stuff Love it. So obviously now you're with um, you're juggling a few balls at the moment. Um, Sons of Apollo, yeah, you've got Sons going of, on. Sons of Apollo and Winery. Winery Dogs. Are dogs. Two main, uh, yep. main things. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm also doing a solo record with Ray Lugier, who played with Dave for years. Oh, oh right. right, he's with Corn yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of great Dave stories, yeah. and we, it was just hilarious stuff that, <laughs> that he went through. Also, it was great times. Well, he was in that band. It was it was Ray when he was with, with David Lee Roth. Ray James Lomenzo. I think he might have as been. As well, a, was in that. Right, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the guitar player. I think he might have been a Japanese guitar Bart. player. Oh, uh, no, that was. Uh, no, Bart Walsh was a. Uh, we played in the Van Halen copy band, and Dave brought him in. Right, okay. Oh, yeah, from the. Wasn't it the Atomic Punks yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know much about Dave at that time because uh, I, was, I was off doing my thing. And uh, 
I remember at one point there was a party at one of the guys' houses, one of our crew guys, uh, that everybody knew. And so Dave showed up at the party. And Dave usually is on script, and he knows what's happening. And he, nothing, not much happens by chance. It looks like it's by <laughs> chance. But it's so he happened to be there when I was there, and I hadn't spoken to him since I left the band. So, you know, people were <laughs> looking around at what's going to happen. And, uh, but it was a party. It was fun, cool. And Dave graciously came over to me and said, man, I'm so proud of you. Because Mr. Big just had a w number one single. Right. And platinum record. And it was, we were just doing great. And he just came over. Man, I just wanna, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you did well. And I had to say to him, man, I, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, unless without you getting me into the situation I was in, I couldn't have launched what I did. It was a really wonderful moment where we could, you know, just be total friends again. Who we left, we were a little, you know, we were upset with each other, of course, whenever you break up. No, right. it's your fault. No, it's your fault. And that kind of thing happened. But soon after, I, I cooled off, and he did too. And I just have great respect for him. And he was very kind to me in that situation. Cool. Great. Very cool. So you got Winery Dogs. Um, Mike Portnoy, you're obviously playing yeah, with. Yeah, Mike is in both bands. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in both bands. <laughs> yes. Uh, Winery Dogs, I love the band. I, I grew up in a three-piece band. Richie Cotts yep. is singing and playing guitar like a grandmaster. He's a superstar. His yep. voice is just so great. And his songwriting is so awesome. And we just have a great time with that. Very easy. Three guys on a tour bus is so easy. It's way easier. Yeah. Sons of Apollo is a little bit more proggy. Uh, and I'm dear friends with everybody in the band. I love them. Bumblefoot, Jeff Scott Soto, and Derek Sharina. We have a great time. But it's a little bit more of a... We have fun on stage, but it's a little bit more serious, proggy music right. as opposed to the straight-up rock and blues that Winery Dogs is. Yeah. And so it's two, kind of two different things, but it's, it's a blast, and I'm very, very grateful that I got... I get some, some <laughs> no band. And, and you're still juggling Mr. Big as well, right? Yeah, we don't know bit. what's going to happen with Mr. Big. Sadly, we lost our drummer, Pat. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we went out without him a little bit to just honor our commitments that we had already had. But it was it's tough without him. Yeah. So we're going to give it a rest and see what happens. And we're all still very much dear friends and have a, a lot of love and respect for each other. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll go out again. I'd love to. I'd love to do, do more Mr. Big at some point. Uh, understanding that it takes a little time to heal that wound and yep. go out. And we also didn't want to just go out and be one of those bands that the only thing original is the logo. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody on stage is, yeah. you never saw it before. <laughs> you know, so we, you know, and no no fault to them. You got to do what you got to do to right. make a living and make, you do what you're doing. That's perfectly fine. But we wanted to keep the integrity, as, the integrity of the band as, as uh, solid as possible. So right. hopefully we'll go out and do something again at some point. Correct. Right. Cool. And and uh, we'll finish on this. Do you uh, do you really understand your impact you've had on the base? Well, I don't know. I, I uh, hope if it's been positive and good. Yep. Uh, I, I we did a clinic here. You were there last night, and yep. it was jam packed. And I'm so pleased to see people from Stockholm come out. And I love to help my fellow musicians. So giving a whatever advice I can to move people along and have them play better or know the business better or know what to do in a situation. I love that. So that kind of impact, I'm, I'm very, very uh, excited to exert uh, to my fellow musician to try and help him along. That's uh, important to me. And you just seem it seem like you're more in love with the bass these days than ever. You know, the I, for some reason, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. going better. Yeah. That, we're, we're hearing an announcement in the background, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I apologize. We're, we're in a hotel lobby, and uh, we'll try we'll try to speak over this. Yeah. But yeah, I love bass more than ever, and I practice more now than I ever have. 
Love it. Perfect. I think cool. that's our cue to, yeah, to end it so. up. Good, good place to stop. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for your time, man. Thank, thank you so much. much and yeah. uh, thanks for your interest in Edom and Smile. And I appreciate you speaking with me today. Cool. cool. Thanks. All right.